Welcome to Reinventing Nerds. Dr. Joni Cannell shares communication strategies for technical people. She shares her own stories of learning to communicate and brings in other nerds and experts to show you how to interact with people in a way that's comfortable for you. And now, here's your host, the uniquely qualified engineer turned psychologist, Dr. Joni Cannell. Hello, and welcome to Reinventing Nerds. Today, we have actually a very special guest. I know I say a lot of my guests are special, but today is extra special because Franklin Taggart, he was the first guest on the Reinventing Nerds podcast. And yeah, he actually gave me the idea to host a podcast and he supported me through figuring out how to create one and how to get it started and all of that. Um, Franklin's a good friend and an incredible consultant. We'll hear about what he's doing lately. Uh, his current focus seems to be about uh, supporting people who work alone. And, you know, I know a lot of nerds work alone, and it seemed like a good idea to learn more about what kind of support is out there for people who are working alone. So it is my great honor to give a warm welcome back to Franklin. Welcome back to the show. Hooray. How many <laughs> years is this now, Joni? Is it two now? Yeah, it's a couple of years, at least a couple of years now. Uh, yeah, I've been going strong keeping it up. So um, thanks to you and the uh, inspiration. And yeah. So, um, so well, I'm delighted to be back. Thank you. Oh, great. Thank you for being here. So uh, the last time, the first time we actually talked, you talked about being a creative nerd mm-hmm. who helps introverted people be more visible. Yes. Right. And since then, you've shifted a little bit. I mean, it sounds like somewhat similar, but you know, you're supporting people who work alone. So first of all, let's get started. What inspired you to do this? Well, there, there were several things that were a part of it. And one of them is, is that most of the people that I've worked with over the years are people who work alone. And one of the things that I started to see was just kind of a, a series of patterns with mm-hmm. them that were kind of unique challenges that were related to working alone. Um, and we'll talk more in detail about some of those challenges here a little bit later, but I started to notice that these patterns were happening and I thought, wow, not only that, I saw that I had a lot of the same challenges. I've always loved working alone. And I, I think the times that I've been happiest in my career were the times when I had a door to close and uh, lots of time to think and lots of time to, to work things out and be creative. And um, I finally decided, you know, to own that <laughs> and mm-hmm. really started to look at it from that angle. It's like, there are a lot of challenges that come from just being the person who doesn't want to have a big organization to manage and not even necessarily to have other people to answer to. Um, so that's kind of what inspired it. I was really, um, my, my own desires were in that direction and, most of the people that I work with are also in that situation. Well, that's really interesting because, I mean, first of all, I, I can already tell that some of the uh, nerds on the uh, other end of this podcast are leaders and they're going, gosh, what I would do for a day of alone time just to create, <laughs> right? And to to not be bothered to shut the door. Yeah. So uh, certainly there's some of that, but then, you know, some of them I even realized like you, like, wow, you know, I, I'm thinking that I should be a leader because that's the way to go, but really I don't want to, what are the other options? So I'm really glad you're here to talk about that. Yeah, I'm happy to. 
Yeah. Well, let me ask you, first of all, um, because you talk about you work with introverts a lot. I mean, um, are people who work alone typically introverts or do they need to be or what kind of things have you seen around that? Well, I'd say that the majority of people that I've worked with have been, they would identify as introverts. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I always say introvert doesn't mean shy. Introvert just means simply that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you prefer environments where there's not a whole lot of sensory stimulation and you know you appreciate the quiet it's not that you don't like people it's just that uh, you have a a level of tolerance for social situations that are noisy and a lot of movement so i do work with a lot of people who actually prefer kind of a slow pace quiet space and um, they're looking for you know they're looking for the room that they can have with their kind of inner thoughts um, so that they can process the things that are going on inside of them more than all of the external stuff that's going on. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, in psychological terms, we often talk about introverts as uh, getting their energy from within and extroverts getting their energy from uh, without, you know, outside, right? Outside, yeah. not inside. And so it's not that uh, a negative way of putting it like, oh, we don't like people. It's more like, actually, my energy comes from my thoughts and my inner world, even though yeah. I still enjoy, especially, you know, maybe even a smaller environments with others, but it doesn't mean I can't be with others. But it means that I, my energy is really coming from the, the thoughts and the creative or whatever it is that inspires you. Yeah, for me, I don't even know that it's about that it's coming from my thoughts as much as it's coming from having the room to let down and, ah. and um, kind of, you know, not think for a while. And that's actually where I get the best inspiration is when my hmm. when my thinking, you know, becomes quieter and, mm-hmm. and and a little bit more still, then all of a sudden the floodgates tend to open. So it's more of the letdown that actually helps me to energize than it is the, the being alone. It's just, you know, not having any kind of a demand on my, on my attention right. is a helpful thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, uh, who are your typical clients? I mean, you keep talking about folks who are, are in this world, you know, what are they doing? Are they like remote workers in companies or are they... Yeah solopreneurs or something else? I have, um, it's an interesting mix. Um, I started out working mostly with artists and authors Mm -hmm. and, um, a few musicians because I was a musician myself. And what really, really became interesting to me over the last few years, um, uh, in 2018, I started working, um, with the local small business development center. And they they initially hired me to work with creative people, but ultimately what they found was that people needed to come and talk with me more about, you know, starting a business on mm-hmm. your own and, um, doing marketing when you're a one person business. And like, I did a lot of marketing work with, pe- with people who were in their business for the first time. So that opened my doors to people in a lot of different areas. And I would say that the majority of folks that I work with are in professional services like coaching and consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a lot of people who are freelancers. I've got a bunch of people who are doing things like technical writing, um, editing, 
um, different kinds of freelance offerings. I've got a couple of people that are like um, technical illustrators um, and people who are in those kinds of roles. And they're, they're, like I said, they're not really interested in working as an employee for a corporation, but they are interested in offering their services to corporate situations. Um, so it's, it's been all over the map. I've got several people that are therapists who are kind of shifting over into coaching and I've got other folks yet that are, you know, uh, business people that want to write a book. And then I've mm -hmm. got, uh, people who are, uh, I've got like people who are in their late sixties and early seventies who want to start a YouTube channel. <laughs> Oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all over the map, mm -hmm. but I, I love the variety. And the thing that we all have in common is that we all have a one person business and we all want to kind of keep it that way. And we also want it to be a sustainable uh, business. You know, that makes, makes a, a real opportunity here for the nerds. You know, if we've got a niche of people who are nerds working alone, they don't mm -hmm. have to hang out with other nerds necessarily to find their tribe could be artists or uh therapists or yeah. you know 60 year old somethings who are creating a youtube channel could be any anyone right yeah yeah hmm. okay so you know what kinds of challenges do they run into i mean i'm thinking that some of them are around a solopreneur and marketing being everything right that's always yeah. one but what might be some other unique challenges that people working alone might run into Oh, wearing all the hats is definitely mm. the biggest of all of them. And I think it's the most common, um, you're responsible for everything, you mm -hmm. know, and I think one of the things that's tricky for, for people who want to have a kind of a one person business is that a lot of times they have difficulty letting go of things that they could actually hire out. Yes. Like, <laughs> um, we have a difficult time, you know, mm. letting other people be creative on our behalf or we have a difficult time mm -hmm. letting other people do work, um, for us, like maybe hiring somebody to do our email marketing or somebody to do our social media or things like that. And I think part of it is that we've gotten that gotten in the habit of doing everything. Mm -hmm. And it's also one of the difficulties when you're, when you're hiring things out or when you're trying to automate things is that there's a learning curve and there's also, um, there's, there's an adjustment period. Like it's hard to let somebody else take over something that I've been doing now for the last bunch of years. Like it's really hard for me to let go of some of me doing my own email, mm -hmm. uh, marketing and mm -hmm. letting somebody else take that on. Who's actually a specialist in it. And part of it is because I've, I've gotten in the habit of doing it. Right. You know, it's like getting mm -hmm. adjusted to not having that anymore. There's a weird kind of a, an adjustment period that happens. Mm -hmm. I and hear I this. Think, yeah. I hear ahead. this a lot. I just, I hear this a lot with nerds and it's about like coding and stuff all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. uh, and then perhaps sort of not feeling, well, they have the control, but also shifting their focus to do something else. Oh yeah. But what you said about, having this period of adjustment that's huge, like allowing yourself to, to feel uncomfortable for a while or make mistakes, perhaps <laughs> allowing it or not. It's like, you are going to feel uncomfortable for a yeah. while. And you know, you, you do ultimately find your way through that. But, um, 
wearing all the hats is definitely the top of the list as far as the challenges are concerned. And when it comes to administrative work, especially that that's the one that for a lot of folks is the real, the real challenge, because that's the one that they tend to procrastinate most on. So, yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> you know, that one. Yeah. Well, I actually, that's, that's one of my big ones too, personally. Mm -hmm. is that I put, I put the administrative work off until it has to be done and right. I don't have a real good system in place for doing it. So it's like, I'm recreating the wheel every time. Mm -hmm. So that's something I have to learn. There, there's my mm -hmm. learning curve, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, when you're working alone, there's more of that, even if you are freelancing, you still have to keep track of probably your hours, your billing, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Uh, yeah. Among other things. Um, the good you, news yeah. is that there's a lot of software solutions these days mm -hmm. for everything like that. If you have the patience to find them and learn how to use them, mm -hmm. like contact management, there are 150 different options right now and they're all good. You just kind of have to find the one that fits your system and fits your style. And that takes time. It's not necessarily always a cut and dry, you know, solution that you can mm -hmm. say, oh yeah, this is definitely for me. And, um, but as long as you have the patience and the learning curve, there are good software solutions out for a lot of what we do. I'm, I'm really actually encouraged and excited about that because it is making my life a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let me ask you about one other challenge that comes to mind, especially from the psychological perspective here Yeah. and uh, working alone. I mean, we've had this come up a lot over the last year and a half of the pandemic, this issue of people being alone at home and uh, concerns about social isolation and the toll yeah. it takes on people. And now we have people who, who want to work alone, who are at home, you know, what kind of uh, risks are there for becoming isolated or, you know, do you see that come up in your work? Frequently. Um, mm. That is something that comes up often. Um, I, I find that people who are people who prefer working alone still need human contact. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not, we're not built for, you know, complete isolation all the time. And even though we've got these wonderful tools like zoom, where we can actually have good conversations with people and, you know, have, have moments of, you know, interaction, it's not the same as being in proximity to another human. And I was telling you this morning in our, in our group meeting that, um, my son is 15 years old and he's really struggling this summer because he, you know, he got used to, you know, when school was back in session, he got used to being around kids all the time. And now the summer he's not able to be around them as much and it's really wearing on him. Now yeah. my son is an online gamer. So he's constantly in contact with other people through his games and through his phone, but it's not enough. It, it doesn't satisfy the social needs that he has as well as being around other people. And, um, I think that there's a risk for, for people who work alone to go into what some people would categorize as touch starvation, mm -hmm. where we don't have enough direct human contact. And it does play on us psychologically. Um, I think one of the things that feeds anxiety and depression, um, more often than not is, uh, isolation and disconnection from other humans. 
I think that those are two of the big feeders for anxiety and depression that we don't take seriously enough. And mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like that that is something that people who, who prefer working alone are challenged with. Um, I have to, I have to kind of force myself to put on clothes and leave the house. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do what's good for you, whether you want to or not, or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily I've got a couple of situations that require me to do that. Mm -hmm. And they're important to me. I mean, they're, they're really good social outlets and, you know, being able to go to the business development center once a week mm -hmm. and be around other people in that context is a really helpful thing. Um, and I also, you know, I feel lucky that I have a close family and we enjoy doing things together. Um, even if it's just like watching a movie together mm -hmm. and being in the same room, I feel lucky to have that in place for myself. But, um, so finding the balance between, between solitude and, um, and legitimate connection is a challenge for me and for a lot of folks. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And sometimes, you know, we just get so wrapped up in what we're doing. We, 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 we don't notice the signs that are there <laughs> yeah. and, you're like making, I don't know, setting your alarm or something to, or having a place to be to force you to do it, even if you're not acknowledging it immediately until it's too late. It sounds like yeah. a great idea. Mm. Having a dog that needs a walk three yeah. times a day is really good. <gasps> That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> he comes and lets me know that it's time. Uh-huh. Well, you also have a community, right? I mean... Mm -hmm you have established a community of people who work alone, which is kind of interesting, right? I mean, it sort of seems like, you yeah. know, counterintuitive. So tell me about that. What does that mean? It's a fairly new com community and it's really, um, in my, in my opinion, it might be too soon to tell whether it's going to take off or not. Mm -hmm. Um, because the level of interaction in there is what you would expect from a group of introverts. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of times I feel like I'm the only one in there that's saying anything, but, um, it's a brand new community and it's kind of in conjunction with the podcast that I started called your own best company. And, um, I'm growing it slowly. I don't want to do this mass, um, invitation. So I'm growing it only a few members at a time, mm -hmm. um, and trying to get quality conversations started in that room. Um, by and large, the people that are, that are there have, sh have shown a lot of appreciation for it. Um, and I'm hoping that it'll become a place where participation, you know, increases as people see the, the importance and value of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mentioned the group that you and I, you know, meet in once a week, it's just three of us, but that's become kind of a, an essential part of my weekly mix and the interactions that we have, there are really good. You know, they can go anywhere and they can be about anything, but it's the connection that really makes the difference. It's, it matters, right? Yeah. And what I'd like to have is for my online group, for the Facebook group to be that kind of quality. And, um, it's kind of where I'm shooting for. Yeah. That Getting back to your question though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it makes a lot of sense that, um, finding that there are others out there and maybe even sharing challenges and yeah. successes, tips, tools. 
resources. I don't know. Do people do that? Or, I mean, that was sort of leading into my next question. Like what kind of resources are there out there for people who work alone? Well, um, it's interesting that you say that, uh, there are some resources that are out there and actually one of those resources is one that I recommend to a lot of people. There's a fellow named Paul Jarvis who wrote a great book a couple of years ago called a company of one. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the books that really, that kind of stopped me in my tracks and said, Hey, this is really possible. This is, you know, this is something that I don't have to, I don't have to feel the pressure of building an organization. I don't need to feel the pressure to have, um, a team. I can literally start a business just by myself and it can be enough. So that book, a company of one was one that I really found a lot of, uh, affirmation in and confirmation. Um, and Paul Jarvis has a couple of podcasts, one, um, for freelancers. I'm, I'm going to have to remember what the names of them are, but if you just look up Paul Jarvis yeah. in your podcast search, you'll find, I think he's got two or three of them now, but, um, that was one resource that I found that was really good. There are a ton of resources for freelancers in every field. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I pay attention to the ones that tend to be around things like marketing and copywriting. And, um, there are a bunch of, uh, bunch of podcasts for technical writers, uh, and, and things like that. So the resources are out there. I think a lot of them are industry specific, um, but they're out there and they'll, you know, they'll help you kind of figure out what you need to do to have the kind of business that you want. Mm -hmm. But as far as the need for community, um, humans, humans are wired for community, even the most introverted of us, and we do need to have connections with each other. And what I wanted to provide in the, in the Facebook group was an easy way for some of that to happen. I wanted it to be easily accessible. I wanted it to be a place where people can come and that's the sole, you know, interest is the one thing that connects us all is that mm -hmm. we all work alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, yeah, you keep saying this, this idea that we are wired to, um, be social beings and mm -hmm. certainly we've evolved as such. I mean, it used to be if you were outcast from the group that you were in, I mean, that just meant death, right? I mean, if <laughs> lions and tigers are coming at you or if you need food, um, you need to be with other humans to, to survive. And yeah. I mean, it's similar today. I mean, we, we need others to survive, physically just to have, you know, shelter and stuff. I mean, I have to call the plumber when the pipes burst because I don't know how to do it. Right. Yeah. But, uh, psychologically too, I mean, the, the touch factor, the, the being, uh, with others, uh, you were talking about your son I, my daughter was talking a while back. Um, and she was in high school about how they like to all just dog pile on the couch and watch a movie. You know, you yeah. see them in the, in the living room, like they're all touching. I mean, not in any yeah. weird way, but just, you know, a leg over somebody else's leg, you know, they're <laughs> just like, just you know, being connected. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's an important thing for all of us, no matter what. Um, the other thing that's really interesting is like the, in, in tribal cultures, the person who's uh, the shaman very often is a person who's not in the day to day um, mix with people, they kind of stay on the outskirts. Mm -hmm. 
and they kind of stay not necessarily fully isolated but they stay on the they stay on the brink between the community and the world outside of the community mm -hmm. and it's interesting to me that that role is an important one in the tribal culture because that's the link for the culture for the community that's the link to the outside world the shaman helps them to to make connections with the outside world and i really feel like that a lot of the folks that i know in in this company of one culture are people who are in that kind of a role it's like they're helping the community connect with a, a realm that's outside of the community hmm. um, and i see that a lot as well yeah i mean i can just sort of see this in terms of a, a variety of contexts not just the solopreneur, as you were saying, or, or it could be a freelancer in an organization. So you're a manager of a team and one of them is a freelancer and they like working alone. How do you manage that person in the team, right? And yeah. give them their space, right? That they need, that they desire. That's why they're doing this versus um, making sure they're included and they have that contact with the others as well because it's needed. And need to be part of the team. You know, there are just so many different applications. Yeah. The first job that I had out of college was in a sales uh, force mm -hmm. and it was in an open concept office. And it was for me, the seventh level of hell. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it was really difficult for me to focus in that environment. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of it was just that I, I'm kind of an absorber. And it's like, there's a lot of energy going on in that room. And for me, being around all that energy and having to sort it all out was really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. And so finally, when, when I got to the point of being promoted, the one request that I had was that I wanted to have the cubicle that was farthest away from everybody. Yeah. And because I couldn't have an office, they didn't have an office available for me, but I said, I want to have the cubicle that is the, in the farthest corner of the building. And it, you know, is in that place where the accountants are working because they are <laughs> quiet. And when I did that, when I made that move, all of a sudden it became a lot more pleasant to, to work mm -hmm. and it became a lot easier for me to actually get my work done effectively. What had happened before when I was in the open concept office where I was in the boiler room, you know, with all of the different, mm -hmm. uh, uh, with all the different telemarketers, um, what would happen is that I wouldn't actually get my work done until everybody else had gone home. Right. And I would stay two or three hours afterwards and get all of my work done then because I could actually concentrate then. So I was mm -hmm. on first name basis with the cleaning crew, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but that was what it took for me to be able to do the work. And I think, you know, looking back on it, that you know, the fetish that we all had for open concept offices, it worked for some folks. It worked for those folks who, you know, really get energized by the, you know, the competition and the interaction and the, and the buzz. And there are a certain segment of us that don't do well in that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think this is great because we're talking about, I mean, people keep talking about the new normal or post-pandemic world and how so much work is going to be done remotely and people will be more freelancers and solopreneurs. I mean, that's been going on for a while, even before the pandemic, but seeing how there are avenues for this to succeed and acknowledging this from corporations too, how yeah. you can support people 
um, in these roles and, and realize that they are successful alone and they are independent and the autonomy is actually a good thing. It's yeah. not like they're off shopping. Like everyone always was worried about when we first started remote work, right? It's like, <laughs> Oh no, they're going to be, you know, watching soaps or out shopping. You're like, no, they're actually creating and thinking and uh, for the folks who thrive in this kind of environment. So I think that it, this is, um, you know, a, a really important avenue to be going on and, and finding a way to support folks for doing that. So thank you. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I think I was very encouraging about the mm. pandemic was that we found for a certain segment of people mm -hmm. that remote work was actually a preferable way for them right. to deliver their best work. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it was for everybody, certainly right. not for everybody, but there was a segment of people that actually performed better in that situation. And what we found was that we don't necessarily have to exclude that as an option anymore. Just de facto, we can actually include that option in the mix and really tailor it to people who are actually able to thrive in that environment. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very encouraging thing. Yeah. Well, Franklin, tell us a little bit more about where your podcast is located and how people can reach you if they want to learn more about this. Well, the, the best way to find the, uh, anything about the podcast right now is on my website. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't been able to get it on Apple Podcasts yet. They've got a backlog. And um, so I'm hoping that at some point it'll show up in their, um, mm -hmm. in their feed. It, it is on Spotify. It's on Anchor. Mm -hmm. It's on Google Podcasts and a few others. Um, but you can the easiest way to find it is just on my website, which is franklintaggart.com. Um, the latest couple of episodes have been really cool and I'm getting ready to actually have an episode with you on it mm -hmm. and, uh, that'll be released in the next few days. And I'm excited mm -hmm. about that one in which we talk about assessments and how to use them and what they're for and what we can gain from them. That's going to be a great episode by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, I think so. <laughs> and then the other thing, um, that I would encourage people to do is that if you're interested in joining the Facebook group, it's just called your own best company. And uh, you can look me up on Facebook and join me there. And I also encourage people to connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Good. Just Franklin Taggart Coaching on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. And and do reach out because even when you are alone, you still need to be connected. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you. This has been extremely interesting and, and useful. Um, thanks so much for being a guest yet again on Reinventing Nerds. Yeah. I loved it, Joni. It's always good to talk with you. Well, thanks. Um, and thanks to all our listeners. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Reinventing Nerds and encourage you to apply what you learned to help you communicate better. For a free consultation with Joni to see how she can help you further, please visit ReinventingNerds.com. Until then, embrace your inner nerd and remain true to yourself while you develop your communication strategies.